Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jay Tyler from Holt Assembly of God, and I want to thank you for joining me for Life in the Spirit. In just a moment, you'll be listening to a message that I recently shared with our church family at Holt Assembly of God. Today I want to talk to you about stress. Stress is going to be a part of our life, but God gives us power and wisdom to navigate through stress with peace. With the peace of God, we can understand the stress we are experiencing has an end and a purpose. Today, I pray that you are challenged, blessed, and encouraged as you hear the Word of God shared in this message. Today is the, uh, the third message in our emotion series. Today's message I want to talk to you is, it's about stress. And uh, I heard this said about stress once. Stress is when you wake up screaming and you realize you haven't fallen asleep yet. Stress can be defined as a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Stress is really, it's like the weather here in Florida. You know, one moment it's, it's hot and sunny, and then the next moment you have just rain coming down. It's a gully washer, and you're, you are looking for an ark to survive. So stress is kind of like that. It comes and it goes. It's just an ebb and flow of life. You can be on the mountaintop, and then all of a sudden life just happens, and you are under stress. So if you're not under stress right now, thank God for it but just hang out a little bit, it might be coming anyway. So uh, I wanna give you some, some statistics and this is uh, some common areas where we'll experience stress. And this is according to this well-respected medical resource. Here are the top 10 sources of stress in our life. Number one, Alabama fans. I'm just kidding, all right, I'm just kidding. But uh, number one, our occupations. Number two, death of a family member. Number three, divorce. Number four, financial issues. Uh, number five, getting married. Uh, number six, moving. Seven, chronic illness or injury. Eight, emotional problems such as depression, anxiety, anger, the whole list. Uh, taking care of an elderly or sick family member. Uh, Ten, traumatic events such as, such as a natural disaster, theft, violence, uh, anything committed against the loved one. These are, are stressful, traumatic situations. When you look through that list and you just think about them, some of these things just happen in life. They're no fault of our own, they just take place. So if you're married, you're gonna be experiencing stress. Um, if you have children, you're going to experience stress. If you drive down Highway 85 in Crestview, you're going to experience stress. So what does Jesus say about stress? And in John 16, 30, verse 33, this is what he talks about stress. That in me you may have peace. In him we may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So here's the first thing we need to know about stress. Stress is inevitable. It's inevitable. If you look at that word tribulation that Jesus uses uh, in John 16, 33, it's used 45 times in scripture. And uh, 45 times, and it's translated six different ways. It can be translated as tribulation, affliction, trouble, anguish, persecution, and burdens. I don't know what you call that, but I call that stress. And Jesus tells us in this world, we will experience stress. It's unavoidable. And uh, our doctors, our mental health professionals, thank God for them, but they would, they would encourage us constantly to reduce stress in our life, reduce stress. And I agree with that, but here's what happens. We live in a fallen world and life just happens and you will encounter stress. It's unavoidable. So last week we talked about the example of Job. And if you'll remember, Job, 
his stress level goes from zero to a billion in a matter of just of, of one day. And Job loses his home, his children, his business, his health, and none of this could be avoided. None of this is his fault. And I just think throughout Scripture, there, there are tons of examples of this taking place where, where people are going through life and life just happens to them and they're under stress. Think about the prophet Daniel. Daniel is threatened. His life is threatened. He's thrown into the lion's den. How could he avoid being thrown into the lion's den? Is he going to turn his back on God? What about Joseph? You can say, well, Joseph kind of had a smart mouth. But, you know, none of this warrants the behavior that takes place, the, the, the stress that he's under. He's kidnapped by his brothers. He's sold as a slave. He's then imprisoned because he's falsely accused of rape. He's left to rot in a prison. None of this is his fault. What about David running from his life, doing what God's called him to do, and then his king begins to pursue him and try to hunt him down like a dog to kill him, using the army of the king to destroy David. He's under stress. What about Moses trying to lead thousands of rebellious people to the promised land? I, I can't imagine the stress that he was under. Or, or what about Paul, the apostle Paul? Just think about this. One day, life is all peachy. He's going down the road. He has this encounter with Jesus. Jesus comes into his life, changes everything. But Paul's first attempt in ministry is this. He begins to preach the gospel and it ends up that he has to run for his life in the dark of night. They have to, to let him out of the city so that he's not murdered. And really, things don't get better for him. If you think about his life, the stressful situations that take place in Paul's life just continue throughout the years. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And he recounts his story, his ministry, his trials, the stress that he's under as a servant of God. So 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. He says this, I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped uh, times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. Uh, verse 26, I've traveled on many long journeys. I have faced many dangers from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews and as well as the Gentiles. I have faced dangers in the cities, in the deserts and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Paul, what are you, just, what are you saying? Paul is living a life of stress. He's, he's constantly under stress. And Paul, he's not a superhuman. He's just like you and me. He is an average guy that God has a calling upon his life. He's trying to serve God and he's going through all these stressful events and he's recounting all these events in his letter. And so what is he teaching this? That we can endure stressful situations. But again, these stressful situations, they don't take place because that he's created them. They've just happened. Listen, stress is inevitable. And all these people were doing the right thing and suddenly life happens and they find themselves experiencing life at a very stressful level. Jesus said that 
in this life we'll experience tribulation or we'll experience stress. And if you look up that word tribulation in the thesaurus, you'll find words that are associated with this word tribulation. It's really, really interesting what you find associated with this word. Trouble, worry, anxiety, burden, affliction, adversity, hardship, tragedy, difficulty, problems, issues, misfortune, distress, heartache. Well, I don't know what you call that all, but I call it stress. So Jesus says we will experience stress in this life. But here's the good news, because that all sounds negative. But he, he follows it up with good news. In the last part of verse 33 in John 16, he says this, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Take heart, I've overcome the world. Stress is inevitable, but, but the good news is I overcome all these stressful situations. So number two, I want you to know this, that we can endure stressful situations with Christ. And that's exactly how he, he has planned it and designed it. He doesn't want us to go alone. He wants us to go through situations with him. And I would just ask you, would you rather go through your stressful situations with Jesus or without him? And I think the latter is far better option, that we're to go through these situations with him. And some of you think, well, I don't even want to go through them at all. But that's not a choice because in this life, in this world, you will have stress. You will experience stress. There's no other option. The only way to escape stress is to be at home with the Lord. So while you're here, you're going to experience stress. But look what God promises through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. I like how he puts that. When? It's an expectation. What's he saying? You're going to have stress in this life. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Notice the word when is just prominent. When, when you encounter these things, when you go through the fire, when you go through the flood, but I'll be with you. That's the promise we have. So stress is just inevitable, but Jesus is going to through that situation with us. And that's the promise that we have. And he says that I have overcome the world and that is good news. So one of the most important questions we need to ask is this. We need to answer for ourselves when we're, when we're dealing with stress and we're going to, it's how we navigate through it. Lord, how do we navigate through stressful situations? How do we, how do we go through stress will determine our outcome and our experience. How we go through stress will determine our experience and the outcome. So I want you to look at James chapter one, verses two through four. And James really shares a scripture that it depends on what day, what kind of day you're having. You may not like the verse and you may, and you may. it just depends. But it's, it's, a, it's a great nugget of truth. But James chapter one, verses two and four, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So notice again, James says this, that it's a joy when we fall into various trials. See, life is going to happen, and often no fault of your own, and it's going to be stressful. So your attitude or your, your position that you're going to take is so important. Remember, Jesus is with you. He'll go through it with you. But your attitude is really going to be critical through going through that situation. So what should our attitude be as we, we go through stressful situations? Well, he lets us know here, it's, it's joy. 
Joy is, is one of the most important Christian virtues. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy that comes from God is a source of strength. Nehemiah 8.10, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord will be your strength or is your strength. So this kind of joy, it's not circumstantial. When we think of joy, we often think it's, it's, it's related to how we feel or what's going on. No, no, no. It's all about, it's a position that we take. It's a perspective. It's a spiritual reality. So this is the kind of joy, you know, we could have a good day because, you know, we found the deal at Walmart or we, we had a good day because we had two double cheeseburgers. I don't know what makes you happy, but that's not the kind of joy I'm talking about. I'm talking about joy that is not circumstantial, but is a perspective because it's a spiritual reality. So the joy of the Lord is not based on whether we feel good. It's based on the source, and that is the presence of God. So as a culture, we deal very poorly with stress. We deal very poorly with stress because what we try to do is we try to bypass stress. But the word of God is clear. Stress is inevitable. You, you can't run and hide from it. It's always going to be there. So we, what we try to do is we try to bypass pain and suffering by artificial means. So thank God for doctors and the advances that doctors have made in, in mental and emotional health. Praise God for that. But just a reminder, remember, folks, they, they practice medicine. Jesus is our healer. And so sometimes the best medicine is prevention. When you think about this, why put our trust in doctors who are limited? Thank God for them. But why not put our trust in an unlimited, all-powerful God who promises to heal our broken hearts throughout the Word of God? See, medicine, medicine cannot heal the death of a parent or a loved one. Medicine cannot heal the pain that you'll feel after a bad divorce. See, likewise, self-medicating through stress is never the answer. Pastor, I, I drink just a little to take the edge off. You see, that's the problem. See, you're, that's not the right way to handle your stress. In fact, it's going to lead you deeper and dark, deeper into a darker hole. Friend, that's the wrong reasons to drink. You're just self-medicating. Some people, they'll use alcohol. Others will use drugs, prescription medication, sex, food, binging on whatever there is to binge upon. And that's not the right way to deal with stress. As a culture, we don't like to deal with stress. We want to avoid it at all costs. But the word of God is clear. We are going to encounter stress. So why is, why is it that in the church, issues like this, mental health, emotions are such a, a taboo subject? I don't understand why, because the Bible is full of healing of the heart and mind. The Bible is full of wisdom that helps us prevent stress from taking over and destroying our lives. And I think there are two illegitimate ways in, in our nation that we really try to deal with stress. And number one is a religious approach, which is this, well, just pray more. And when praying more doesn't work, then you just fake it till you make it. And, and that is a very bad way to deal with stress because Dealing with stress, you have to deal with it honestly. Uh, a fleshly way, a worldly way that we deal with stress is this. What can I do? What can I take? What can I consume to make my stress go away? The answer is nothing. It's always going to be there. So that's very poor ways we deal with stress in our nation. Jesus said in this life, you will experience stress, but there's peace. There's a promise of peace. And in Christ is how we deal with the stress. The reason we experience stress in stressful situations is because often we lack that joyful perspective. When we lack that joyful perspective, 
that's when stress just begins to pound on us and just begins to collapse upon us. You know, but pastor, I don't have joy. And that's why you're stressed. That's why you're, you're feeling stressed because you have no peace that accompanies that joy. Let's go to the Message Bible. Let's look at James chapter one again and just hear it from a different perspective. James chapter one, verses two, three, and four. Consider it a sheer gift when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. I don't know about you, that's a paradox. Because when I read that, I don't consider that a joy. I consider that stress. So for me, that's a paradox. And the Bible says that we should consider it a gift when we're tested, challenged on all sides, stressed. And here's why. Verse three, you know that under pressure, under stress, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. Verse four, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. I love it how the Message Bible puts that verse because whenever I find stressful situations coming at me, I want to run as fast and far as I can away from those situations. It's just my flesh does not want to stay in that situation. It wants to escape. But in reality, God's word says it's to hang tight. These situations are taking place for a reason. There's a purpose. And so it is counterintuitive. What God's word says to us is counterintuitive because here's why often we are more attuned to our flesh rather than the spirit. When we're more attuned to the spirit, it's not so counterintuitive. But when, when I am not attuned into God's word, I'm not close to him. When stress happens, I want to run. I want to hide. I want to check out. I want to do whatever I can to avoid it. But when I'm walking close with God, when my relationship with him is pure and there's a, that, that, that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, I better discern God's plan, what he's trying to do. So when I'm walking with him as close as I can, it prevents a lot of trouble. If I'm led by the Spirit, it helps me stay out of a lot of trouble. So this is the perspective that we have to, to really gain when we're, stress, when we're under stress, we're dealing with stressful situations. See, life is going to happen, like it or not, and the pressure will be on. And James says this, our faith will be tested. I think that's maybe why we get so apprehensive when we're under stress, because the, tr the real you, the true you comes out under stress. And he says to count it pure joy. And again, it seems like a paradox. What if, what if, something, what if something right doesn't, it comes out of me? What if, that makes me feel uncomfortable, but uh, don't be uncomfortable with that because God has a plan. So during this pandemic, our, our faith is being tested. You can, you can feel like this is real, it's fake, whatever you want. You're, you're being tested. You can get on Facebook, social media. You can rant and rave all you want, but you are not going to move this situation one millimeter by your post. Your rants won't do anything. In fact, it'll just make you look like a fool. And nobody wants that. So our faith is being tested. Are we going to rant and rave about a stressful situation? Or are we going to pray? And we're going to believe God. We're going to trust him. See, the situation is exposing our faith. It's exposing, it's showing us, it's showing the world what's on the inside, what we really feel like. I want to give you an example. When I was, I was thinking about all this taking place and how it would affect the church, um, you know, being sheltered in place or, or stay-at-home order, whatever you want to call it, how is this going to affect uh, ministry at the church? And I was reminded in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, it says, for this is the calling of a pastor, you know, the fivefold ministry. It's for the equipping of the saints 
for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. See, my job is to preach God's word and to encourage God's people. Secondly, my job is to equip the church and release them for ministry, to do the work of the ministry. So I can gripe and complain about this pandemic and, and the, uh, what it's caused to the church but, and how it's messed up my plans, but it's okay because really it doesn't change my calling. It doesn't change my purpose. My calling is to preach God's word. I'm doing that now. I like to do it when the church is fuller, but it's okay. And then my second calling is to train and release people for the work of ministry. I think that when we think about this issue, we think, man, it's just, it's causing all these problems for the church. It's not. We just have to look at this from a different perspective. Maybe, just maybe God is allowing this so the church would get outside of these four walls more and be more ministry minded, be more focused on the needs that are available. I truly believe this is a golden opportunity for the church to really step up and spread the gospel personally and more effectively. See, if, if, if we preachers would just kind of see past all this, see past our services and look to the opportunity, I think we'd gain a better perspective. We'd have more joy. We'd have more peace. Instead, don't let it stress you out. So uh, it's in stressful situations. What happens is the pressure is on and we don't see God's plan. We don't have his perspective. I want to think, just think about this. I know that there are pastors that will listen to this and they're thinking, well, I'm trying to keep my church going. You know, people don't come to church. They don't give sometimes. Or I'm trying to, we have missionaries that we support. And how are we going to continue to give the missionaries their money that, that helps keep them, keep them on the mission field? They've made this commitment to leave their nation. They live in a foreign nation. It's not easy for them to get back. What are we, what are we going to do to take care of these problems? See, that's, that's stressing over something that we have no control over. This is a trial. This is a testing that's taking place. And it's a situation that's out of our control. Why stress on that? Why waste the time on this? Because we have no power to change the situation that God is allowing. And that's what we have to remember. God is allowing this situation to take place. You don't have to like it. I don't like stress. I don't like trials. I haven't found one that I really, truly enjoy. But God is allowing me to go through it for a purpose. What's the purpose? Well, he's trying to teach me trust, to trust him. He's trying to teach me peace, that, that in, in this world there's, there's stress, there's trouble. But in him there's peace. He's trying to teach me that there's joy through a stressful situation. What's the joy that, that God's got a plan? So I believe our church, I just truly believe this, and this is me personally, and I hope everyone else feels the same way. Maybe, just maybe, God is using the situation to kind of shake things up, to get the church kind of more in line with its calling, with its mission, and maybe the church will actually grow because of this. Maybe because we've saturated social media with, with all kinds of posts, uh, all kinds of live stream, that maybe, just maybe, God will use that to bring increase to his kingdom. See, that's the perspective we have to have. And truly and honestly, it's a pandemic. Yes, it's causing problems, but really it's a hiccup. It is really a hiccup. And, and I think we're just overblowing the situation. And, and what it is, is God is allowing it to really prepare us because I believe that there are, there are harder times ahead of us. All right. And so what God is doing is he's allowing us to kind of grow, to mature, to go through this trial, through this situation, because he knows that there's something greater on the horizon that the church has to be prepared for. So consider stressful situations, pure joy, because they have a purpose. They have a purpose. James 1.3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. 
knowing that God is trying to prepare you and strengthen you for what lies ahead should give you peace. It should bring joy. See, God has a plan for you. The stress you're experiencing today is for a reason. It, it, none of this is catching God by surprise. I just want to offer you some advice. If you need patience, don't ask for it. Don't ask for patience. See, because God is trying to develop patience in us. If you say, God, I have no patience, uh, give me patience. He will give you an abundance of stress. Because like it or not, you cannot lay hands on the impatient to give them patience. Because patience is a virtue of Christ. It's something that has to be developed in us. The Holy Spirit has to develop that within us. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Again, it cannot be received by the laying on of hands, or we'd be at the altar all the time asking God for patience. Pray for me. Pray for me. But that's not the way it happens. And God, God wants to develop patience in us so that we can endure to the end. So remember, when stressful situations are coming at us, we're thinking, God, what are you doing? Where are you at? Why are you allowing this to take place? Know that he has a plan. He is using it. And your perspective, that's the problem. Your perspective has kept you from seeing the bigger picture. So trials are evidence that God sees the end. He knows what's going to take place. And he's trying to prepare you. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11. Make this the anthem of your heart when you're going through a stressful situation. Quote it, memorize it, say it to yourself constantly, meditate on it. For I know the plans I have for you. God has a plan for you. He knows the plan, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, when you're going through a stressful situation, if you can just meditate on that, that scripture, that promise, it will help bring peace and help you to, to have a, a better perspective of your situation. God knows what's going on. He's not forgotten you. There are better ways to kill you than this. All right, so just hang in there. Enduring stress successfully is all about perspective. And boy, I'm learning that. So if your perspective is negative, it's, if it's fleshly, if it's not in tune to God's spirit and his plan, you will end up resisting what God is bringing into your life to help you. God is trying to help you. He's trying to develop you. And what happens is with the wrong perspective, we resist God and it makes the pressure, the stress more and more upon us. Here's a story I want to show you with Moses. And Moses leading the, the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. I think it's a, an amazing story. It, just, it really illustrates stress in a, in a real way that I think we can grab. And if you remember, God had, had done all these amazing miracles through Moses. And there's this wonderful, uh, it's, it's wonderful for the Israelites. It's not so wonderful for the Egyptians. But God has this wonderful plan that takes place. The Egyptians free the Israelites. The Israelites are marching towards their freedom. They're marching towards the promised land. And all of a sudden, they encounter a trial. They encounter stressful situation. What is it? They run into the Red Sea. Now remember this, God is leading them. God knows there's the Red Sea. There's no other way around it. It's to go through it. But they don't have this perspective. So to make matters worse, the Egyptians change their mind. You know what? The Jews, we just let go. We really need them back. We need to really have them as part of our nation. They, they really served us well as slaves. So what they decide is they're going to change their mind, their heart, and they're going to go after them. So you have the, the Jews stacked up against the Red Sea, and you have the Egyptians pursuing them. And Moses is caught between all this and the people who are ready to tar and feather him. And this is what they say, if, uh, Exodus 14, verses 10 through 12. 
as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. Verse 11, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done uh, to us bringing us out of Egypt? Did we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would be better for us to serve the, the, the Egyptians than to die in the desert. What are these people doing? We kind of give them a hard time. They're doing what we all do under stress. What, what is taking place is they're being squeezed and the truth is coming out. See, we don't like stress because it puts a squeeze on us. And sometimes it brings the reality of our heart situation to the forefront. Again, if you really want to know what's inside of a person, put them under stress. Put them under stress. You'll find, if we can get all, God, I believe God allows this. Why? Especially for church folk. He wants to get all the religion out of the way so he can deal with the heart. Because what we try to do is we try to cover what's on the inside with our religion. And see, God wants to get to the heart of us and he wants to deal with things. So what does he do? He'll put us under stress so he can refine us. So he can get all those, those pollutants and those, those materials that don't belong in our heart that is refined. So God allows situation. What is he doing here in this situation? He really wants to build their faith. God, God knows this, that if these people step into the promised land, at this point in time, they won't make it. There's no way they want to make it. He knows where he's leading them to. He knows what's going to take place. He knows what they'll encounter. It's up to them. They have a choice. Will they respond to God by faith? Or are they going to collapse and fall apart, run in every direction and be recaptured? See, if they run, they can't get away. They're going to be caught. Remember, if God is leading you, remember that you're encountering the situation because God has a plan for you. So if you, if you know why you are facing what you are facing, you can have a better perspective. You can endure things with joy and peace because you know that God is not bringing hardship upon you. He's not allowing hardship to destroy you. He's trying to help you. When you have that perspective, it gives you peace. Look at what the, the story goes on in verse 13 and 14. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians that you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. and You only need to stand still. So that's a, such a, a wonderful promise for us. Because when you're like Israel and you're wedged between a rock and a hard place and you think that the world is going to collapse upon you, all this stress is upon you, remember this story. And remember what God speaks through Moses because he speaks it to us today. This, this promise, this hope that he speaks to Israel is good to us today. Don't be afraid. What's he saying? Peace. Take, take my peace. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. What does he say? Stand in faith. Encourage. He's trying to encourage their faith. Don't run off. If you run off, you're going to be caught. But stand firm and I will deliver you. See, we go through stressful situations. We want to run. But we have to stand firm sometimes because God's got a plan and a purpose. The only escape is through the sea. So what do they do? They, they heed God's word. They heed what he's speaking to them. And God has brought them this far. Why would he allow them to die there? So verses 19 and 20, Then the angel of God 
who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind. The pillar of cloud also moved in front and stood behind them. So between the armies of Egypt and Israel. So God stands between them. See, if we'll just, if we'll trust God in our situations, he will get in between us and the pressure, the stress that is coming upon us. But we got to give him that opportunity. Again, sometimes we try to flee, we try to run, we try to self-medicate. But can we just stand still, stand firm and trust the Lord and trust in his word? When we do that, we have a peace that will overcome us. God will give us his peace. When we have that peace, there is joy because we know, all right, this is going to be over soon. God's got this under control. And there's a, a joy that comes because, you know what, I'm just passing through this situation. Israel passes through the waters. The Egyptians pursue them. We know the story. The sea caves in upon them. They're drowned. They're never a threat again. God stood between his people in their stressful situation because they allowed him. They didn't flee. They didn't run. They stood firm. They stood in faith. See, God passes through situations through them with us. Remember that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. God has a plan that we can't always see. But if we have that joyful perspective, we can endure stress and have peace. And then as a result, grow spiritually. And I want you to consider a couple questions. Number one is this, are you born again? Are you born again? Because the Bible is very clear about this. Jesus talks about this in John 3, 3. You know, we'll never experience the full extent of God's blessing and his kingdom unless we are born again. So if you really want to enjoy all the promises of God, you must be born again. And remember, those aren't my words. Those are the words of Jesus. You must be born again. After this next worship song, I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond to Jesus, to receive him, to, to surrender your life, maybe to recommit yourself to him. Secondly, if you are stressed, I want to pray for you. And we're going to ask God to give us clarity in our situation so we can better focus on the truths that are shared in God's word. God is allowing a stressful situation for a reason. There's a purpose. And it's maybe to mature us, maybe to prepare us. Whatever it might be, there's a purpose for it. We may not understand, and I want to help you get that clarity of what God's trying to do in your situation. So if you need prayer, uh, when we close, when we come back after this worship song, we want to pray with you. And as the worship team leads us in this song, will you worship with us? Will you, will you praise God and just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you where you're at? And let's trust God. God's got a plan for you. Let's worship Him. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this broadcast of Life in the Spirit. I hope this message was a blessing to you. If you are looking for a church home, I want to encourage you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. Or join us Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. for our family night. We have ministry opportunities for all ages, children, youth, and adults. Holt Assembly of God is located at 543rd Avenue in Holt, Florida. If you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.holtag.org or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Our phone number is 850-537-8351. Until our next broadcast of Life in the Spirit, may God bless you as you serve the Lord Jesus with a grateful heart.